0: Amen, good morning, Legacy Church. You can sit down. We're glad that you're here this morning. Just uh, to tag on to the announcement about the partners meeting today, uh, those of you that are sick, I'm looking into the camera, assuming maybe you're watching on YouTube today, or those of you that can't make it to the partners meeting today, there will be a link in, in Planning Center for you to be able to watch the partners meeting. I hesitate with that, Because we want all of you to be there. We want all partners to be there, but we know that you can't. So just know that there is a link for you to watch that. It's going to be a good meeting. It's going to be exciting, and I'm looking forward to it. So yes, as Charlie said, we are talking about the end of the Apostles' Creed, the word amen. Words are important. Words have meaning. So look at this word right here, key la century." This is an awesome word that was new to me. Uh, My wife and I, we had lived in Thailand, and we moved back to the States. So we lived in Thailand two separate times in the same city, doing the same mission. But we had moved back to the States, and we were needing a vehicle. And so we went to the used car dealership, and he said, hey, this car has key la Sentry," And I was like, wow. I don't even know what this is. We've lived overseas for a long time. This sounds powerful. It's like something of the century, and it's French. And I was just sitting there like, what is this? What is key-la-century? And at the end of just them seeing I'm confused, and Sherry's like, why do you look confused? And as you all know, it's keyless entry. It's to be able to push a button and unlock your car. But I totally was not hearing keyless entry. I was hearing key loss entry. And so words are important. The way you hear stuff, the way you talk about it, and what you think it means matters. Um, so the keyless entry was a big deal to me, and that was fun. And also, when I was learning the Thai language, uh, there's a word for cat and there's a word for mom. And they do sound different, but I, I would always get it mixed up, which is not good. So, cat is meow, which kind of sounds like cat, right? It's kind of like, a, yeah, it sounds right, ma. And so, but for mom, it's meh. That sounds more like a sheep, right? But for some reason, I would think meh, meh was cat and was mom. And so I went to the little 7-Eleven across the street from our student center, and there was a, a mom and son that ran this store. And I was, my assignment every day from language school, doing language school in the morning, and then going to campus to be with students, my assignment every day was to find somebody somewhere that you can just practice what you learned that day. And I would usually do it with students, and I would tell them, hey, i got to practice this. But I would also do it with the mom and the son at this convenience store. So they would, a lot of students would uh, have cats. There weren't a ton of dogs in the dorms, but they would have cats. And so this store would buy big bags of cat food and just open them up. We can't do this in the States, but open them up and pour little baggies full of cat food to sell them cheaper. Like here's a here's a few days worth of cat food, okay? And so I grabbed the, the bag of cat food and walked up to this dude and I said "Ni ben aha mamma. eh?" I said, "Hey, is this your mama's food?" <laughs> and he just start I mean, he, you know, you don't talk about people's moms anywhere, right? <laughs> that's that's universal. You, wait a minute, you talk about my mama and you tell my mom you say saying my mom's a cat. You're saying she eats. It would have been worse if it was dog food, right? We all, it would be even worse. Words matter. Words matter. When we speak words, they matter. When we hear words, they matter. The meaning of words matter. And as Charlie said, the word amen, it has a lot of meaning. So R.C. Sproul says this. You can see this up on the screen about the word amen. Amen, it means truth. It is is an acknowledgement that the word has been heard, whether a word of praise, a word of prayer, or a sermonic exhortation. It's valid. It is sure and binding. So the word amen, when we say it, we're saying this is truth. This is truth. The Heidelberg Catechism says this as... The the men that were writing this catechism as they were studying the Lord's prayer, the Lord's prayer, as Jesus taught us, ends with amen. And the question asked, question 129 says, what, lastly, does the little word amen mean? The answer is amen means this will truly, surely be. Then they add to it. For I rest far more surely on this that God hears my prayer than on the heartfelt desire with which I bring it. So I'm not going to get into all of that, but basically I'm saying I believe this is true. I know this is true. My heart might not be fully into this, but I know it's true, and I'm going to say yes, I'm in agreement, Lord. Would you catch my heart up to these truths? So amen, I strongly agree. Let it be so. And then in John six forty seven. We see, we see Jesus saying amen, amen. We hear Jesus say truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. So Jesus starts with amen, amen. When you look at the word truly, truly in some of your versions, it says verily, verily, but the root goes back to amen, amen. Yes, yes, truth, truth, surely, surely. I say to you whoever believes has eternal life. It is so it is so yes yes amen amen Jesus says I say to you. So it's a little different when Jesus says his amen's to us. He starts with true true I say to you. He's telling us this is truth. Our amen's is we believe what you're saying what you're saying is true. There's slight variation but it does matter. Our amen says, I confess that this is true. I say yes to all of this. I'm in agreement. But when it comes to God's word, it is not just that we call it true, but that it is truth. We are in agreement with what God says is true, but we are not deciding that it is true. Then labeling it truth. We hear, see, taste, and feel and believe the truth of Scripture, and we say yes. And that matters. It matters that we are saying, Jesus, we believe what you're saying is true. But Jesus to us is is saying to us, whether you believe it's true or not, this is truth. This is truth. So when we think about the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Yes, I do. Amen. I believe it. I believe in Jesus Christ. Yes, I do. Amen. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son. Yes, I do. I believe Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes, I do. I believe Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. Amen. Yes, I do. And so on and so on through the creed. It begins with an I believe, and it ends with an amen. But it is saying, I believe this, Lord. Yes, I believe this. So in the creed, amen is us saying, yes, this is true. And as we have said almost every week, we're not just saying this creed is truth, we're saying this creed is us looking back at scripture to what is true and summarizing certain places of faith and doctrine. So that we can say, This is what we believe the Bible is saying. And so we can live our lives. And so we can praise our Father in heaven. So, some of our partners, JP and Courtney, they got married this weekend. Beautiful wedding. That's a big yes. That's a big I'm in agreement. That's a big someone else is involved in this. This is a covenant relationship. God is saying, Yes. To us as a couple, JP and Courtney, yes, I will hold you together. And it is a yes to one another. I say yes to you, Courtney. I say yes to you, JP. But we say yes, Lord. You're the one that will hold us together. Amen. Yes, it is binding. Let it be. It's beautiful. God is bringing people together. And Ellen and Stephen, they got engaged this week. I say it because it's public, it's been out there, but they got engaged, right? And that's a different kind of yes, but it's a big yes. And just to, to, to see their faces, to see the, 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 the face clasp, the, the what, and, and to know that you know that the answer was yes, but it was a yes in both directions, it was Stephen saying to Ellen, yes, I see you. Yes, I love you. Yes, I want to live the rest of my life with you. Do you Do you want a yes too? Do you want, and she's even right now, yeah, yeah. So yes is important. I agree. There's something being said. There's something more than just two plus two is four. Yes. This is something that matters to us, something that is truly life-changing, being married, waiting to be married, committing to we will be married. And aren't we the bride of Christ? Christ has said yes to us. And those of us that are in Christ, we say, thank you, yes to you, Lord. But Sherry will tell you, my yeses can at times be super flaky. I can forget the yeses that I promised on our wedding day, and I can say yes to selfishness, pride, unloving attitudes and comments. So I thank the Lord for holding us together. Even just yesterday, I wasn't feeling so good, but she wasn't feeling good. The kids weren't feeling good. Got a little head stuff going on. And Sherry had a legitimate question and wanted to talk about us getting Sophie a checking account because our daughter, our 16-year-old, has been a little entrepreneur since she was like two years old, okay? And so we have a little, within our banking account, we have a subsection for uh, Sophie and Nate. And when they get money for Christmas or when they work, money goes in there. But she's 16 now and she's driving. She needs her own checkbook, you know? She needs to learn and grow. And I was just like, can we talk about this? Can we talk about this another time? I don't feel good. But this was important to Sherry. And she was like, yeah, we can, but I think it would be, and I was like, Sherry, for real, I don't, I mean, I I turned into a big jerk. Such a simple thing, a simple ask, a simple thing on the phone that I could have right then just looked at it and said, oh, yeah, it says, add checkbook. Sherry will tell you, my yes to her. I will. I will. I will lead you. I will love you. I will do everything for you. She, she's like. I mean, Mark. Without God holding us together, uh, we wouldn't make it. I, I. don't know if I'm the only husband in the room that has that going on, or the, or wives hearing that. But here's the thing. God's yes to us is 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 the holder. It is is what holds us together. It is our hope. But we give a true yes to God. Sherry gave a true yes to me. I give a true yes to her. But God is the one that holds us together. So his yes to us, God's yes to us as his bride, as his people, his yes is the strength behind any strength and any commitment that we will ever have for each other. It's his yes that brings the strength and commitment. So we're gonna look briefly at the beauty of one of the biggest and most comprehensive yeses in all of history. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 1, 20 through 21. God's word says this, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter Our amen to God for his glory. So, this passage here in 2 Corinthians says that all of God's promises find their yes in him. So, first, we got to think about this all of God's promises. The very fact that God makes good promises, promises that we would say, Thank you for making these kind of promises with us, it's all of grace. God could have left us with the guarantee and the promise that we would be separated from him forever because of our sins. We deserve death. We deserve hell. And he could have totally said, I promise you, I guarantee you, that is what you will get. But he steps in before the foundations of the world. He says, I will redeem a people for myself. I will make promises to them. I will be their God. They will be my people. And there are so many promises through the Old Testament. It has been said that the Old Testament is, when you summarize it, in a sense, it is promises made. The New Testament, if you summarize it, promises kept. But these promises that are made, they point to Jesus. They're fulfilled in Jesus. They find their yes, I did it, their fulfillment, their amen in Jesus. In the New Testament, Jesus says, yes, I have done it. And then he gives us the opportunity through his grace, through his Holy Spirit, for us to say, yes, I believe. Amen, I believe. So they find their yes, the promises of God, find their yes and amen. They're binding their fulfillment in Jesus Christ in him. So Jesus, think about this. Jesus, in the covenant of redemption, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit from the beginning, Jesus says, yes, I will, I will go. I will redeem a people for myself, for God. He says yes to the Father. But what does the Father actually ask the Son to to do, that Jesus is saying yes, I will do these things. He asks the son to be our substitute in and through his life lived and through his sacrificial death. He asks more, but that's the crux, that's the bottom line of what he's asking Jesus to do. Go and redeem them, go and atone for them, go and be the perfect life lived that you will give them your life but go and die for them in their place. So the son fully and lovingly agrees before the foundation of the world and then set out to do it 2,000 years ago. So he fully obeys the father in our place. He fully receives the wrath of God in our place. He fully defeats sin and death for us. He will fully Forgive us. He will sanctify us. He will bring us all the way home because he is the fulfillment of all the promises. He did it and he will do everything he said he will do. He said yes to the Father. But he says yes to us. He says, yes, I accept you. Yes, I give you my perfection. Yes, I forgive you. Yes, I bring you into the family of God. Yes, I send and leave you with the Holy Spirit. Yes, amen, let it be so that I will preserve you, protect you. Yes, let it be, amen, I will wipe away your tears. Yes, I will be with you when you walk through deep and dark suffering. Yes, amen, let it be so, I will give you joy unspeakable. Yes, amen, let it be so, I will be with you as you go into all the world spreading the good news of me, being the biggest yes to a broken and dying world. Yes, I will be faithful to you even when you are giving me no's. He is the faithful one all of the promises of God, find their fulfillment, find their yes in Christ, his life and his death. He purchased us. Romans 8.32, we don't have this on the screen, but Romans 8.32, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible, but it basically says, for God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? God has given us, the biggest problem that we have is our sin, and we are going to die and receive hell. The biggest problem that we have, Jesus has already taken care of that. So all the other things we need, God is saying, I will do that. I've given you the biggest thing, the biggest gift, I've given you Jesus. Yes, I can help you during your suffering. Yes, I can help you to have peace. Yes, I can give you wisdom. Yes, I will be with you through the valley of the shadow of death. Yes, I will help you to lift you up when you humble yourself. Yes, I will do all of these things that I promised that I will do. So this is why we pray in Jesus' name at the end of our prayers. Because we are agreeing with his yes to us. In Jesus' name, it's us being reminded, it's in Christ. It's in Christ that he gives us, one, the opportunity to even pray. It's in Christ that we can even talk to the Father. It's because of Christ that we can even claim promises. It's in Jesus' name. Jesus, we're asking you to do these things. We're confessing our sin to you because of you and what you've done. We are asking you to to, to take your good news into all the world, we're asking you to help us in your name because you've made promises to us. It's in your name that we are saying, you're saying yes to us. In Jesus' name, you're saying yes to us, and we are saying, Amen. Yes, I believe that you can do this. He gives us a mighty amen through his life, in his death, in his resurrection. And we say, Amen. Let it be so. Lord, help us. You have done it. You will do all that is in accordance with your will. You have made it so that we can pray. You have given us so many yeses for us to cling to. So we say amen to him saying yes. But see, if there was a lawnmower that could last for all eternity, the the cranking up of this lawnmower, if you would, of hope and love. Jesus, his yes, he cranks up the lawnmower and it gets going and it runs for eternity. We could do clocks, we could do whatever, but something that gets started, it's Jesus' yes to the Father, it's his life, and his yes to us that gets any of our yeses started at all. But his yes to us is an eternal yes. I'm gonna do this. But our earthly lives, we got scattered, smothered, They are covered. But our yeses to him are very flaky. Our agreement with him are very flaky. But his love is there. He knows that he will hold us. His yes is what binds us, what keeps us. His covenant yes to us is what we know we have to have. But we say we believe. Yes, let it be. So all the promises of God find their yes in him. So this should shape us, this should stabilize us, but this should also move us. So we want to live amen lives to the Lord. I wanna live a yes life to the Lord. So how do we do that? So how do we do that? I believe it's fairly simple in our minds. I feel like it's fairly simple But actually living a yes and an amen, let it be so, life to God, it's difficult. But I, I believe that it has a lot to do with the reason we're going through the Apostles Creed is we are saying, yes, words matter, sentences matter, but we're saying doctrine matters. What we believe, what we think, what we are saying, Scripture says, matters. So one thing is believing Believing matters. This is how we live yes lives to him. We say yes to what he says is true. But we also praise him for those truths. We rejoice in him. We say thank you for what you have done. But we also believe in him. We live obedient lives. So believing, rejoicing, obeying is how we live yes and amen lives to the Lord. Another way of thinking about these things and bigger words, but I feel like they're, they're helpful, is one, it's this word called orthodoxy, okay? Orthodoxy very simply means right thinking. So the goal of orthodoxy is to reach right and true doctrines, So we want to study God's word as a people, not just the pastors, not just us as pastors and elders and preachers. All of us, we need to study God's word. But we take the responsibility as we preach to say what is true, what is right, what are the doctrines that we will teach to our children in the back, to our youth. What will we preach from the stage? These things matter. Another thing for thinking of rejoicing is orthopathos, okay? Right feeling. Right or correct feelings or emotions. So I'm not saying we need to just follow our emotions, but there should be something. When you know, when you're you're highly anxious, and you go to the Lord and say, you promised me, Lord, that if I bring my cares to you, if I confess my anxieties to you, that you will help me. There is something within us, even if we don't feel the anxiety go away immediately, there should be something of, I believe, and there should be a little bit of a hope, an emotion of hope. And Lord willing, there will be the anxiety taken away, but you can even still have joy in the anxiety. That I don't like this anxiety, but I know, my God, God, can help me. So there is a rejoicing. There is a feeling that comes along with right thinking. When I rightly think that God forgives me of my sin initially, we don't all cry. We don't, Lord, forgive me of my sin. We don't all have a highly emotional experience. But I believe that all of us do have a somewhat emotional experience. God has made us emotional beings. And we rejoice. We say, thank you, God, that you saved me. And it's a real thankfulness. It's any time my son or daughter says, hey, Dad, can I take your plate to the sink? I'm like, thank you. It might not be this overwhelming, I'm not crying, I'm not not going berserk, but it's like, it's real. It's like, thank you. (laughs) That actually means a lot to me. Thank you. But then there's orthopathos. I mean, orthopraxis right behavior or practice right action what god says how he stirs our hearts but then how we live it matters how we live i believe that this is how we live amen lives to the lord in a more simpler simpler way to put it is head heart hands Lord, help me to see and think right. Help me to feel right about what you're saying. Help me to, to rejoice in what you're saying. Help me to say, Yes, let it be. Let me know this. Overwhelm me with your goodness and your truth. But let it go from my head and my heart as they work together. May my hands, may my feet, may my life be obedient. May I not just think right. May I not just rejoice and pray and be satisfied in you, but let me live according to your ways, according to your word. So I'm gonna walk us through a very basic tool that Desiring God put out years ago. And I would use this when I was in Thailand. I use it now also. But when I was in Thailand, this was when I first really uh, learned this tool and it was helpful for me on the campus, this tool helps us to take the promises of God and to believe him and to try to live yes and amen lives. Because it was hard. It was hard going on the campus. It was hard speaking the language. It was hard building relationships with students and sharing the gospel over and over and over again and people not hearing the word, well, not believing the word. And so it was like, Lord, only you can do this. And so this is something that I learned in Thailand. It's called Aptat, A-P-T-A-T, Aptat. So first, admit that you can do nothing without God. Admit that you could do nothing without God. So John 15, 5 says this. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So we admit You come to a circumstance that you're in and you admit, I really can't do anything without God. I can't, I can't. Secondly, we pray. Psalm 5015 says this. We pray for help, Psalm 5015. And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. God will help us. He will deliver us. But he says, and you will glorify me. And that's where it gets back to our main text that we utter our amen to God for his glory. Us saying yes to him and living our yes lives for him is for his glory. It's us saying, yes, you are worthy. Yes, you can help me. But this is to show the world that you truly satisfy, that you really are good. So we pray for help. And then T, trust a specific promise. Second Chronicles twenty twenty, And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. So he made a promise to them. He made a promise to them. Believe this, I will do this, believe this. So we are to trust a promise. So when you face something, go to God's word. Say, is there a promise for this? Is there something I can say, God, you said this. So I'm going to go to your word and I'm going to say, you said that you will do this. Help me. So trust a specific promise. And then A, act. Philippians 2, 12 through 13 says this. For act, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and tribbling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his, his good pleasure. So we are to act. We are to obey. We are to go out and do things. It's not work out your salvation, work for your salvation. It is you are, you are saved. And this salvation should go out. It should change you. You should be being sanctified. The salvation that God has within you should be expressed to a lost and dying world. God is at work in you. And then lastly, thank God for his provision and goodness. Thank God for His provision and goodness. Psalm one hundred six one says this: "Praise the Lord, oh give thanks to the Lord, for He is good; for His steadfast love endures forever." So we say yes. We say yes to God. So that's just a simple tool aptat when you're thinking what what's going on in my life right now. I'm really battling with this particular sin. Is there a promise that God has made me, made for me, made for us. I've got this situation coming up at work and normally when these things happen, I feel this way or I'm tempted to do X, Y, and Z. Would you help me? As I'm raising my children, Lord, would you help me? Would you go to God's word and find a promise to claim and follow him? Now, there's some things that we know that God will answer. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he says, he will give it. But if I need a vehicle, and God does say that he'll provide all of my needs through Christ Jesus, and I need a car and pray for a car, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to get a car. But God is gonna take care of me, but I totally 100% can pray and ask for a car. But I have to trust his will, his timing, and his wisdom. So there are some things It's very clear that he says, if you do this, I will do this. If you confess your sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and purify you from all unrighteousness. It's going to happen. But praying for a car, it's not necessarily going to happen. So we're not going to look at these verses this morning but just jot this down. Mark chapter 9, 14 through 2024. 20, Peter, James, and John, they had just spent time with Jesus up on the Mount Transfiguration, of where just they see, they see, they see just the glory of God. And they're like, we don't even want to leave this place. Can we just stay here forever? They're seeing the glory of God. But they come down to the rest of the disciples, they come down to arguing people because there's this man that is coming and saying, Lord, would you heal my son? This keeps happening with my son. He's mute, he's deaf, he, it's, it's this, there's evil spirits that have taking hold of him. Would you help him? And Jesus said, well he says, can you do this, Jesus? And Jesus says, can I? It's an amazing response. Jesus is like, can I? It's a different kind of yes that he's saying, I know I can, I know I can yes this, I know I can do this, but do you believe? I know I can yes to this, but can you yes to this? And he says, yes, but here's the thing, but help me, because my yes is so small. My yes is so small, my yes is so small help my unbelief. Yes, I believe. Help my unbelief. That is us. Beloved, we fight the good fight of faith. We desire to have mighty big yeses to the Lord, but we struggle with unbelief. Lord, help us in our unbelief. I got a few pictures I want us to look at. This is uh, the church in Thailand. Uh, this might take a second. I was gonna show these at the very beginning. Uh, this, this is one of the churches in Udon Tiny that we are supporting as a church. And we're gonna do different things with them more than just giving them money. But this is, this is today was the first day, uh, they're 12 hours ahead of us, that they worshiped in a new facility. So here's a picture. Let's look at there's two more. Let's look at the next one. This is Mo holding up this stand upside down, but he's showing his son Lee how to help set up at the church. He's helping his son see a lot of big yeses that Mo, this was one of my partners in Thailand, he's lived there for 20, over 25 years. He's from the States. He, li- he grew up in the Philippines, moved to the States, became a Christian, moved to Thailand over 25 years ago, and has been giving his life away to the Thai people. He has three children and just loves the Lord, moved from Konkan, Thailand to Udon Tiny to continue the campus ministry, but saw we got to plant another church here. And so through his actions of big yeses to the Lord, Lee is seeing yes in action. Lee, this is how we set up the church. This is why we are in a new facility. This is why we do this. This is why it's hard for us to send your older brother, Sam, to Nashville, Tennessee, to go to school, and we're still here. We're saying some big yeses to the Lord, but... God has said so many big yeses to us in Christ that we want the Thai people to know Him and to love Him. And so, people, let us see that Amen is not just a word; it is us seeing God. You say this, you say these things, and they have their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Let our yeses be be big. But, Lord, let us continue, even with our little yeses, to be faithful to you, the one that will hold us and keep us.